With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. What is going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here. Mike K for a Tuesday preview podcast. This is a rarity, and we won't have to do it again this year, right? They don't have another Thursday game. They do not. Yeah. You are correct. Good for you. <laughs> um, so short week. Uh, so we're going to combine our midweek with our preview, as we talked about earlier. Um, we're at the Novacare Complex. We'll be headed out to Green Bay in the next couple of days. Uh, have you ever been to Green Bay? I have not. Yes, yeah, so this no. is our first first time for both of us. We both were pretty ecstatic that it wasn't in December when the schedule came out. Yeah. I mean, this is a bucket list game for me because yeah, I wanted to go to Lambeau. Going to Lambeau would be cool. Uh, and, and as everybody describes, it's like a stadium like in the middle of a neighborhood, basically, which is like unlike anything else in yeah. the league. Uh, it's a little bit of a big game for the Eagles. They can't really afford to fall to 1-3. and three. Um, There's a lot to talk about. We'll get into the preview. Um, we should hit a few news items first. Uh, so Ronald Darby, sounds like, is going to be missing at least a month by all reports. Uh, hamstring injury. Like, the, this dude, at certain points, have to accept that he's just an injury-prone player, and I don't know if he's ever going to be able to live up to his potential because of that. Um, since he's been here, he missed half of his first season with the Eagles. He missed seven games in his second season with the Eagles, and now he's going to miss at least four games, most likely, if not more. Like, what... I know you've you've always been high in his like potential, but are, are you kind of like moving on from that? Him you living up to. to it, yeah. You have to. I mean, yeah. he's here on a one year deal. You've got to. You don't cut your losses, obviously, but I think um, you know it's time to see what the kids got. You know what I mean? Sidney Jones, Avante Maddox, Rasul Douglas play have played well in during stretches. Now it's their time to really kind of lock in their claws on those three starting jobs. It seems like Avante Maddox is is the nickel guy for the foreseeable future. But, you know, Rasul Douglas and Sidney Jones both have one more year left on their contract. Sidney Jones has actually played relatively well. Rasul Douglas has played One more year well. after this, by the way, you mean. What you, did I you say? You said one more year left. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah, one, yeah. Um, Just making sure that's clear. Yeah, so Douglas, I mean, Darby's done after this year. So yeah. that's why you need to kind of start. Every sign's pointing to, hey, just play the guy, the young guys. And so now is the time, really, for them to kind of show their stripes and I think Rasul Douglas is is kind of getting the call at the right time because he, him versus uh, Devonte Adams seems like a really good matchup for him. Size wise, he makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Joe just needs to keep playing the way he's playing because they believe he can be a number one corner, and if he can continue to play the way he did against Atlanta and and Detroit, I think he'll he'll eventually build up into a pretty good starter. Yeah, no, I was gonna say this is gonna be a very important stretch first and you just kind of where you find out if he if he's worth that draft pick that you use because I mean if 
and it's easy to do hindsight 2020. I think the draft pick made a lot of sense at the moment, but there's yeah. a lot of like really talented guys that were drafted after him. Sure. Not even necessarily like corner, like Juju Smith, Schuster, Alvin Kamara. Um, I think there was a couple other really good receivers. Like, so just the point being that like he, this is his chance. They're giving it to him. They're handing him the keys. They don't really have another choice. And, you know, in, in a few weeks, if Jalen Mills comes back and Cindy Jones is struggling, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they would turn back to Jalen Mills because they really like him. Yeah, I mean, that wouldn't be surprising at all. Mills can return in week seven. Um, you know, Craven LeBlanc can return yeah. in week nine. So, you know, the next few games are prove it time. You want to cement your status as a starter? Go ahead. Russell Douglas has been looking for this opportunity the, the, the entire time he's been here. Here's his opportunity to kind of prove that he deserves it in front of everybody. Um, and I think Sidney Jones, if he can stay healthy and continue to play the way he has since – you know, over the past two weeks at least, he can develop into a dependable starter. Um, Avante Maddox has struggled a little bit, yeah. and I think we haven't talked about that enough. Yeah, he's been the weak point of the – I mean, Darby was too, but Darby's gone now, so yeah. he's the remaining weak point. Um, but again, they're taking him on and off the field. And, yep, um, you I know, like it. That makes it difficult, um, but – it is what it is, and they need to figure out their depth situation because they only have three healthy corners at this point. Yeah. Um, even just talking about Jalen Mills, that just made me think, like, so maybe must win is thrown around a little too much, but I, I feel like Thursday night is a turning point game because if they can pull out a upset victory on Thursday, then you then you feel pretty good about uh, what what's coming up because, you know, you have Austin Jeffrey. It sounds like it's probably going to be back on Thursday. Goddard should be getting healthier. Camus Grugier-Hill. Uh, Deshaun Jackson should be back for the Jets game. And then as you get, you know, to week seven, uh, Jalen Mills is eligible to come back. Maybe Jernigan is coming closer. Like, so if they can come out of this and they're two and two as opposed to one and three, then the season looks a lot more optimistic. But if they lose on Thursday, then they're in a lot of trouble regardless of guys coming back. Yeah, sure. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I, I, I'm a big believer that you can only really go one and three in one quarter of the season and still have a successful, you know, jaunt. And so one and three... To start off with, you're out of your, you know, get out of jail free cards, in my opinion. And so I, I think the Eagles are, are, are getting healthier. They're on the mend. Uh, they've been dealt some pretty rough breaks, literally, um, as of late. And, you know, they coming up with a win on Thursday, which this is the type of game that the Eagles kind of win anyway. Their backs are against the wall, similar to the Rams game last year. Um, you know, they had the, the Giants game the year before. When their backs are against the wall, they tend to play pretty well. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, this will test their metal this week. So let's talk about Alshon real quick. So Doug uh, told the Green Bay media on, on the conference call with them that he expects Alshon and Dallas Goddard to play. Uh, we'll get we'll, we'll hear from Doug tomorrow. I imagine he'll say something along the same lines. Um, I, I'm my biggest question because he's he still wouldn't have had a full practice since he suffered the injury. Like, is he a decoy? Is he going to be like Goddard was last week where you're playing a little bit and he kind of shouldn't have? Like, I'm not, I'm not, like, his presence definitely helps, but I'm still not sure it's a great idea to throw him out there. Well, I mean, you also have to factor in the fact that the Packers are really good against the pass, so how much are you really dictating the passing game by having Jeffrey mm-hmm. out there? So, I mean, I think Goddard will play better. I think, he, you know, having that game, that lightly used game, with a bad um, drop. <laughs> yeah, with a bad drop uh, will help him kind of reconfigure his health a little bit. I think he'll be able to kind of re-engage with his route running and, and his speed because he looked lethargic the other day. Um, 
Jeffrey, yeah, I mean, I guess you use him as a decoy. You try to take their best corner away, J.R. Alexander, who I think is a legit baller. Man, that, that trade that they did with the Saints, like, moving down just looks like a genius trade. Yeah, for sure. And I think... Um, to get him. Yeah, I, I think this this game is about the Eagles' offense versus the, the Packers' defense. As much as Aaron Rodgers is in the game, I'm not trying to overshadow him, but having Alshon, at least as a presence, might help. I don't think it really turns the tide. Yeah, especially if he, cause he's clearly not going to be 100%. Um, so before we get into like, the full-on preview, I'd, so we just did hear from uh, Mike Rowe today, and the drops obviously were the biggest storyline coming out of Sunday night's game, or Sunday afternoon's game. Sorry, it all feels like a night because by the time we're done, it's nighttime. Um, I'm still but, tired. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the biggest message has been they just need to focus better. And, and Mike Rowe was asked like, a good question, like, so what exactly does that mean? Because you would think that, they should know to focus already. Like, so were, were you satisfied with his his response to and the coach's response to the drops? And like, I know everybody gives Gabe Kapler at the Phillies a lot of a lot of crap because he doesn't come out and criticize his guys. And and these are coaches that don't really do that either. Jim Schwartz occasionally will. He'll like take shots subtly. Uh, but like, what were you satisfied with the coach's response to the questions? Because I think after two weeks of some really really bad drops, I think it's fair to like question like what what the heck's going on. Well, I, I think the answer is obvious. You know, it's execution. It's from an execution standpoint. It's not, the coaches can't say, "Hey, yeah. hands." Catch, <laughs> you know what I mean? Catch like, ball. Yeah. It's one of those things where it is about concentration. And what Gross said to that question was, you know, sometimes you can get bumped in coverage, or you could focus. You could hear footsteps, or and that takes your mind off, or mind or your eyes off the ball for just a split second, and that split second can mean everything. Um, it's just so weird that it all happened at once, yeah. but, th- you know, stuff like that's not going to happen on a, you know, weekly basis. I know the last two games have been rough, but I, I don't see the trend continuing just because it-, it can't. These yeah. guys are professionals, and if-, if that's the problem, then you need to... Get rid of all of them. <laughs> yeah, you know... I'm I mean, su- that's extreme, but I'm just saying... I'm like- surprised they haven't done an oil change with the bottom <laughs> of the wide receiver depth chart already mm-hmm. this week. But then again, you have a short week, so... Maybe Greg Ward gets a little more looks this week. I don't know. Maybe. Um, you know, Why have him on, on the roster if you're not going to use him? Something Doug Peterson's brought up a couple of times this week and last week was the benching of Nelson Aguilar, Peterson's first year. Yeah, in 2016. Yeah. 2016. Nelson's yeah. second year. Right. It was a prolonged issue. Yeah. Well, if the, <laughs> if the issue... Still here. Yeah, it's still way. here in, in week... Week four, that's a prolonged issue. So yeah. maybe it could be, you know, Nelson Aguilar taking a seat. You and know and I, mean? I think part of it is they don't really have other options as part right. of the problem. The, so I wanted to get in the running backs. That's a good segue. And so they do have other options at running back for if Miles Sanders keep, Well, they have one other option in reality. Um, if Miles Sanders keeps fumbling in the way he did. Um, I know you, you had, you like tweeted out his best, his best run and it kind of like blew up a little bit. I think there are people questioning it. There are people supporting it because... There, Jordan Howard is like galvanized this fan base. Yeah. Like it's it's insane. Anything you tweet about Jordan Howard now, it's like get him the ball. But like it, we both agree that they should be giving Jordan Howard the chance to like get in the groove. Like that his numbers are. We both said this after the game weren't an accurate reflection of like what happened. I don't think. Um, but I, I just the way they've been talking, I don't get the sense that much is going to change with this running back rotation. Yeah, I'm not advocating that he gets more yeah. touches. Yeah. Sanders I, is clearly more explosive. Like he should be on the field, but yeah, I think they need to start with Howard. 
Yes. Uh, I think he's the guy that can get the offensive line to blocking rhythm. You saw what happened in the third quarter of that Washington Redskins game where they basically just let him run down the field and find a rhythm, and then the offense is pretty much unstoppable at that point. I think, you know, a lot is made of, oh, well, he had that one big run against the Lions and then was like, he got like 10 yards after that. Well, yeah, you're taking a guy who's used to being the workhorse, a guy who's used to finding his rhythm because he's getting the ball a lot, and you're asking him to do spot duty. That's not going to work. That's just not a recipe for success. If he's built a certain way, you know, you have to do that. If if a guy is is a really good route runner, but he's not very fast, you don't want him just running nine routes. You know what I mean? So it's or go routes, for, you know, <laughs> to be more exact. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I just think like when you look at what Howard has accomplished over his career, I think you, he deserves the benefit of the doubt. To maybe start a couple of games and kind of get that offensive line moving. And also, we'll get into this in the preview. This is the perfect matchup to kind of unleash yeah. him because um, they have an exploitable rush defense, whereas their pass defense is really, really good. Right. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, so how do you th- how do you see the rotation? Do you see it playing out that way, or do you think they go to Sanders in the beginning again? I'll believe it when I see yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, that's the thing with this team. Like there are things we say every week that like, I don't get why they're not doing so and so, and then until they do that, so so they're not going to change. So I watched uh, the pack. Are we getting into our preview? What, one, I just want to cover one more like problem area that I think needs to be addressed before we go preview, and that's the pass rush. But Jim Schwartz is still like toning the company line of like you can't just focus on the one thing. But like it's not just sacks specifically. Like they're not pre- getting enough pressure. They're not finishing the pressures. Like I, I think it's a legit r- r- thing to be concerned about after three. I, I personally wasn't satisfied with he, the way he's been responding to those. I just don't get it. I know he's not gonna. If you ask him to criticize somebody, he won't do it. But the defensive end is not having a single sack. This team having two sacks. Like so, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it makes sense that numbers would be like this, but it's like especially so with him. So he, I think he completes something like seventy-five to eighty percent of his passes when he has a clean pocket, and he completes thirty, like thirty-five percent or less over the last two years when he has when he's under pressure. Yeah, if you hit Aaron so, Rodgers, if you hit, Aaron, but they haven't hit anybody, so. Right. So, and if they don't hit Aaron Rodgers, he's going to light them up, especially with a cornerback group that's banged up. So, what I'll say is this: He hasn't. Aaron, the the Packers' offense, while still has Aaron Rodgers, and there's some pretty numbers in there. They haven't really been scoring much. They're yeah. averaging about nineteen, I think, point three points per game. It's been a defensive thing for them, right? Which they're only allowing eleven point seven points per yeah. game. So, listen, they're going to have their spots. Uh, Jim Schwartz is very familiar with Aaron Rodgers. Um, he's familiar with some of the offensive linemen. Look, they're going to have to manufacture sacks. They're going to have to stunt. They're going to have to send blitzes. Um, they're going to have to move guys around. I think Brandon Graham's going to have to play on the interior a little bit more so he can get mismatches. Josh Sweat needs to show better effort. They're going to probably have to play Deshaun Hall a little bit. I mean, this is, you know, you have to make changes whether it's personnel or scheme. And I think uh, Schwartz needs to do that now. Uh, you and I are pretty big advocates of his. They've been incredible against the run. If you look yeah. at their run-stopping numbers, they're really good. Like, I think they're second in the league in, in, against the run. Like if, if you remove the play where they didn't have enough players on the field, with J.D. McKissick running for 44 yards, I think it was. It was. Then you remove that. I know you, you can't just do the remove that game, but I think in this case you can because they didn't have enough guys on the field. And they only gave up, I believe, something like 30 rushing yards or like 40 rushing yards. Yeah, so it's it's one of those things where, you know, I think they're so invested in stopping the run, which is great and making teams one-dimensional. If you make 
this is just a passing game for the Packers, they can kind of deal because they have Aaron Rodgers. And I think, you know, you've, you've got to be able to get pressure and you got to be able to get pressure early. I think the Eagles offense needs to do their part in kind of building leads. That's part of the issue, yep. reason why they haven't been getting a lot of pressure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, you got to force Aaron Rodgers to make mistakes and you got to hit him. And if the Eagles don't do that, this is going to be a long day. All right, so let's let's get into our preview now. Um, I know you wrote down a bunch of the matchups that you're most intrigued by. Like, what, what do you got? What's the number one? Well, Zadarius Smith is the best free agent signing in the league this year, period. Um, oh, well, Shaquille, actually, Shaquille you, Barrett's Yeah, you can say <laughs> Shaquille Barrett, yeah. but Especially I mean, relative to expectations, too, yeah. Yeah, but Zadarius Smith is it has been, like, something special. Like, he, you can look at his numbers. He's got three sacks, but if you watch him, the way he impacts – the passing game, it's really impressive. I mean, you know, the Buccaneers are one and two. The the Packers are three and zero oh and have one of the best defenses in the league. So that's why I'm going to give Zadarius Smith the edge. Um, he's also multi dimensional. He can stop the run as well. Offensive line hasn't been great outside of Brandon Brooks so far. So correct. Yeah. So I think. Zadarius Smith versus Lane Johnson is going to be a very interesting matchup. We've seen Ryan Kerrigan get the better of Lane Johnson in the past. I think Zadarius Smith's a pretty pretty similar matchup. He's just been on fire and and pretty much unblockable. He's drawing a lot of holding penalties. He's getting the quarterback and then some. Hit two sacks against the Broncos last week. Uh, on the left side, it doesn't get really any easier. Um, you know, Rashawn Gary, their first round pick, who's from New Jersey, him, actually, yeah. Uh, he has been rotating with Preston Smith, and they both had sacks against the Broncos. Both looked really good. Um, Gary's got a, a really nice mix of speed and power. Preston Smith's a good rotational player who's got some veteran experience. Kenny Clark up the middle. That entire front is really, really good. And it's helping the secondary take advantage of mistakes because they're the, the, the defensive front is forcing pressure and QBs... Look, they've played Kirk Cousins, Joe Flacco, and Mitch Trubisky. It's not like that's like a... You know, the pendulum isn't swinging upward with those three quarterbacks. But um, they have been able to create mistakes. They have been able to take advantage of quarterbacks trying to play hero ball. Carson Wentz. Um, so that's that's the concern I have. We talked about the secondary a little bit earlier. Uh, Darnell Savage versus uh, Zach Ertz is going to be a big game. Uh, or it's going to be a big matchup. I mean, there's going to be double on Ertz, too, and he's a really good player to be one of those two. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, they could double him. They could – I think Savage can take him one-on-one. I mean, not, like, shut him down, but I think he can have a pretty good you matchup. Don't, you don't need to go one-on-one with him, though, with the way the Eagles receivers are. Yeah, yeah. For, that's yeah. that's true. Um, but I think, you know, Savage is a guy who's made a lot of opportunistic plays. He's a really good player. Uh, J.R. Alexander, whether he draws Alshon Jeffrey or Nelson Aguilar, he's probably going to get the better of that matchup, being that uh, Alshon's injured and uh, Nelson is really inconsistent. Um, and then on the offensive side of the ball, we'll get we'll we'll get into like the kind of the minutia of the matchup later. But um, you know, Devontae Adams is the guy that everybody needs to pay attention to. He's going to he's probably going to move around. I'd imagine Rasul and, and Sydney both stick to their sides. Um, Adams is going to be a tough out for this team. And he's got a big body. He uses it well. He's got some speed. He could bully Jones in theory, and he can outrun Rasul. So they're going to have to shut this guy down. Aaron Rodgers always looks for him. It's going to be tough. 
Uh, Jimmy Graham's kind of fallen off a little bit, but I think he, he will be able to be involved pretty pretty early and often. So Malcolm Jenkins is a guy to watch. Um, you know, Kenny Clark versus uh, Jason Kelsey and Isaac Samalo is going to be definitely worth watching as well because of how poorly Isaac Samalo played against the Falcons. Look, this is a tough matchup in, in every which way. But it is also a game where there are going to be opportunities for this Eagles offense. Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, they'll have room to run. Um, Dalvin Cook and um, Madison, I forgot his his, uh, his first name. They did really well for the Vikings. They put up a ton of yardage last week. Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay balled out, gotten... They, they've allowed three rushing touchdowns in the last two games, and those weren't just like fluke rushing touchdowns. Counter to that, they've only allowed one passing touchdown in the season, and they've had four picks. So it you're inclined to run against them, and they're going to force you to run and beat them on the run. Neither of those – I mean, even, and even with that said, while the running games have been successful, the Packers haven't allowed more than 16 points in a game. So – you're going to have to be multidimensional, but you're going to have to take advantage of the running game when you can. Um, I think Carson Wentz is better than any quarterback that they've played so far. Uh, that said, this team doesn't really have wide receiver weapons. Zach Ertz is really the most dependable guy and maybe the only dependable guy on this roster. They need Dallas Goddard to play at a high level coming off that injury. And, you know, I would try to throw the ball to the running backs as much as possible. Darren Sproles, Miles Sanders, they both have proven they can catch the ball and, and make plays upfield. Screen game. I mean, it's been non-existent. Now's the time. Yeah. Um, and Dar- Darren Sproles has only been inching towards the top five. <laughs> he needed uh, 40, 41 yards to go ahead of Tim Brown going in last week. I think he wound up with like three yards in the game. So. Hey, man, take advantage of your, your season back, you know? So at that rate, I don't know if he'll even get – if he gets three yards a game, I don't know if he's going to get the record. I think, this, I think this could be a decent game for them. they got to stop with the delayed handoffs, the, the slow reaction read runs. Yeah. Just hand the ball off to a guy and let him go, you know, find a hole. Like, that's that's really what it is. I, I will say this. The Eagles do not use a fullback very often, but they used one on the goal line. You love talking about fullbacks. With Alex Ellis uh, – <laughs> against the Lions, scored easily on a one-yard touchdown run. The Broncos and the Vikings were able to, you know, pick up a lot of yardage using a lead blocker and a fullback. So You just want fullbacks to come back. You want to make fullbacks great again. This is this, this league goes through trends, man. Fullbacks coming and the, back. And the Patriots just lost one, but they had one like on the roster already waiting. <laughs> yeah, see, they're the smartest team in the league, and they use a fullback. <laughs> Touche. Well, yeah, so, um, you know... I expect Ellis to stay on the on the fifty-three. Yeah, Ellis, that was like his only snap he played, by the way. Which yeah. is so they basically only played with one tight end again because Goddard didn't play until the second half. He had one play, I think, where he was also a. Uh, they were in twelve personnel, but I mean, yeah. Look, Ellis is a guy that's going to be mostly used on special teams and be that emergency third tight end. But you know, if you can find ways to use him and make him a lead blocker, even yeah, he, yeah, he only played one snap last week. Oh, he did only. Okay, yeah. so maybe that was a flag. That he got yeah, maybe that's what it was, yeah. Because um, I remember seeing him in. I was like, oh, Alex Ellison. Yeah, that's By the way, it's weird that they didn't play Goddard in the first half and then played him in the second half. That that tells me they were getting desperate. I'm wondering if they only had like a package for him, you know, yeah. plays. And, and, that and was he, gave up, a, he both gave up a sack and had 
probably the like the worst like literal drop of the game. Maybe the timing of it wasn't as bad as the other ones. But, yeah, and they scored a touchdown on that drive. So but right. two minutes later, so yeah. But yeah, um, I will say this: when uh, Joe Banner said this uh, the other day on Twitter, they did a study, a year study on tight ends blocking defensive ends, and he basically called it common malpractice because <laughs> they give up so many sacks. And that's kind of what happened with the Broncos in this past game. I mean, you can't have Darius Smith get blocked by a tight end. I mean, the Broncos are bad. They are. I Look, I, by the way, <laughs> I think the Eagles will get some opportunities for points. I don't think they're going to be held under 11.7 points per game. But right now, it, it, it's just not a very matchup i think this will be a low scoring affair and the timing of it like couldn't be worse either i mean look if the eagles can pull this off there's going to be a huge momentum huge. that's how i was just so i was going to say so it was two years ago today that jake elliott made a 61 yard field goal that kind of changed that 2017 season sure. if you think about it so uh, in my in the back of my head i'm thinking so if they win this game it wouldn't surprise me at all if it came down to jake elliott with a big kick again honestly because it's good if they're going to win this game it's going to be a close one um, they have they don't blow teams out anymore unless they're a bad team. So yeah, and you know it's very weird. So the last two games I've called the point differential correctly, but just the wrong the wrong team. Yeah. yeah. So well, so we can get so I'll, I'll do some rapid fire predictions and we'll do our uh, game ones. Yeah. So pay attention to that. That's all the tease. <laughs> all right. Some rapid fire one I just came up with right before coming in here. Um, so do you think? So I guess how many carries do you think Jordan Howard gets this week? Twelve. Twelve. Are you are you satisfied with that number though? If that's yes. what it is, you are. Yeah. Again, it's not about quantity. Yeah, it's, it's about, about the where they come. Yeah. 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 Which is like the pushback that you got on that. Like I, I totally agree with your point about how like let the guys get. It. Like I heard you talking to some other reporters about this earlier. Like with a rotate, like a rotation can work fine if you have guys that know how to work within a rotation and don't need a few carries to get going. Like the the rotation they had in 2017, Garrett Blunt, a veteran guy, you can put him in and he'll get chunk yardage. Jay Jai maybe was the one that needed to get into a groove, and then you had well, like Clement, who was kind of a guy who could come in and get some short yardage. They, I don't know if these are those kind of guys. Yeah, Sproles is the one guy who's accustomed to, yeah. to a rotation. But even he's 36. Like, can you really rely on him coming in cold? Right. You're looking at Miles Sanders, who was a one-year wonder, who was literally the workhorse for Penn State. And then you've got a guy in Jordan Howard, who, yeah, he rotated with Tariq Cohen, but he also was able to take drives for himself. You know, and I think... Like I said, if you're taking a guy who's used to being a workhorse and making him a spot duty guy, it's just not a recipe for success. And after his big run the other day, they basically took him out. So, and honestly, if the receivers are going to be this bad again, just run some 21 personnel. Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders looks like the best deep threat without Deshaun there, which is insane. For sure. He, um, he had he had 73 receiving yards in his, his last season at Penn State. He had like 163 or something like that for the whole year, so... Uh, I will say this. They used Big V in 12 personnel. He looked, he looked pretty good there, too. Yeah, yeah, he did a great job. I would expect them to do that pretty significantly in this game. There will be opportunities to do that. And also, when you factor in, if they don't want to use a fullback, that's probably the right route to go. All right. Will, will Greg Ward get his first NFL catch this week? Yes. Cool. That'll be a cool moment. Um I wonder if if he ha- if he looks good if he like jumps ahead of like JJ in, in the rotation honestly because JJ hasn't really shown much reason but they don't really give up on guys I guess but anyway, oh, yeah. um, so who uh, who scores the Eagles touchdowns this week do you think Howard? Uh, well, all of them. I just mean in general. Oh, uh, I mean Howard and Carson. 
Um, well, a defensive end finally get his first sack this week. Yes. Really? You think? Well, I mean, Timmy Journey and defensive one. end. Oh, a defensive end. Uh, yes. Who do you think gets it? I'm gonna go with Vinny Curry. Vinny Curry. He actually didn't. He actually played decently last week. Yeah. By the way, they used him as an interior yeah. rusher. Um, like I said. And uh, will Jake Elliott win the whole damn thing again if they win? I think this game is going to come down to field goals, whether it's the last field goal or not. I think he's going to be pretty active in this game. All right, what, what's your what's your game prediction? What do you got? I think it's going to be 17-13. Oh, yeah, low, low scoring. Yeah, I mean, look, the Packers haven't scored a lot, and the Eagles um, don't really have a lot of weapons. It makes sense. So that's a four-point differential. So when the Eagles end up beating the Packers... 20 to 16, you can be like, oh my so God. So the reverse psychology yeah, thing we got yeah. going on. <laughs> I had uh, Packers 28, Eagles 21. Ooh, that's a lot um, of Mostly because if the Eagles don't get a pass rush on Aaron Rodgers, I just think he's going to roast them. And like we were saying, until they prove to me that they can get that pass rush, I have no reason to believe that they will. So that's kind of where I stand with that. Um, any, any last final words you want to want to say on this game before we keep going, before we end this? Deuces. <laughs> that's your final word? Yeah. All right. Yeah, so, uh, you know, check back on it. Actually, no, we, we did get a lot of comments. I did say I would read some of them, so I'll go pull that up real quick. All right, so you guys were awesome with the comments this week. I think we got 90-something. We're not going to be reading all of them, but keep that coming, especially after the game on Thursday night. Uh, it'll be a late recorded podcast, so you'll probably wake up to it unless you're, you're loco. Um, let's see what we got here. Sadak Kwan says, why did they sign Darby again anyway? Stupid GM move. Well, they actually traded for him, but... Yes, they did. <laughs> um, but, so, how do, you, how do you look back on that trade, actually? I think that's a fair question at this point. I mean, here's the thing. So, a lot of people are going to say the Bills won that trade because they got the third-round pick. Well, the Eagles got back Jordan Matthews the next year and made the playoffs two straight years. Not because of Darby, though. Not because of Darby, but, like, it's more nuanced than that. That's what I'm saying, like... Cool. They traded Jordan Matthews in a third round pick for Darby. Still won a Super Bowl. Darby was pretty good in the in the in the playoff push. He wasn't very good in the Super Bowl, but outside of that, uh, he played well when he was in the game. When he was in when the he game. rarely plays. <laughs> right, but like Jordan Matthews was horrible there. I think it has more to do with the third round pick than Jordan Matthews. Yeah, but a third round pick's a third round pick. Like, what are you gonna do? Spend it on? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't know if the Eagles actually won the trade, but I don't know if that means it was a good trade. Right. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah. I don't think they lost the trade. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's Yeah. I mean, you, you went after a athletically gifted corner with some talent. I think it made a lot of sense. They had no real cornerback talent at the time. Uh, H-E-L-E Manga 208 says that we need a new offensive coordinator. That The, the calls from Mike Groh haven't been as loud this year. Okay. Let me... Let me... Stand up on this desk. Don't do that. It's really wobbly. Ta- <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 Okay, cool. I caught my balance. Yeah, so now that I have my balance back, um, <laughs> which is necessary for this conversation, look, the, the expectations for my grow are based on the expectations for Frank Reich. Um, and that's fine, but we also don't know how the roles have changed. Um, you know, Deuce Staley, who's promoted to assistant head coach, probably has more say in that room than he did before. Jeff Stalin has a ton of stay in that room, too. Um, you know, Mike Grow, for what it's worth, has been praised by pretty much every player I've talked to for his ability to teach and his ability to, you know, convey a message and get across scheme points. That doesn't mean he is the guy that's organizing all the plays that Doug Peterson calls, by the way. 
I'm not defending Micro. I just think like we don't know what to criticize him for. Right. It's again. It's another thing with everybody constantly is saying, "Hey, somebody needs to get on this training staff." Well, the Eagles by design don't allow us to to so we really yeah, so, we, so they can't really defend themselves. Right. So it's it's one of those things where I think Micro takes heat because of press conferences. He he's a bad quote for for the fan base. He is, and I think you know they're not happy with his responses some people don't have great you know rapport in a press conference it just happens like i almost wish that carson wentz was judged the way that mike Rowe is in press conferences um but again i i think there's it's more nuanced than than the, the plays themselves with mike Rowe. all right that makes sense um well, all right <laughs> all right uh nik mx forever says the offensive line is terrible and the receivers aren't the greatest well, <laughs> PFF disagrees with you on yeah. one of those things. They yeah. call them the second best offensive line through yeah. two or through three games. They've given week. up like ten pressures the last two weeks. But oh, yeah. um, Jay Hot two four seven says, "I always said a loss sucks, but it always makes for good sports talk the whole week." He's not wrong about that. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, let's see. Y R N L O U W O P. Yern Luwap says the Eagles are too emotionally attached to some of these players. I think that's fair. I think that's a that's fair kind of, Jalen, That was the Jalen Mills going thing for a while. Well, no, I think it's Jalen Mills. I think it's Jason Peters. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like, Jalen Mills was, like, the the obvious one with that. Yeah. Let's see. That guy, 111, says the Lions aren't a good football team, question mark. You Eagle fans are in that denial stage right now. The Lions controlled the whole game while the Eagles was playing catch-up. Did we say that they were bad? I mean, I, I was saying how the Lions kept trying to hand the Eagles the game. They were trying to hand And them. I don't think they're good, to be honest. But um, the Eagles lost that game more than the Lions wanted in my yes, opinion. Yes, that I agree with. Um, they're not a bad team. I don't think they're a bad team. All right, whatever. <laughs> this is I'll read some of this. But Michael Johnson says, Somehow no one mentions the coach as the biggest issue is. I'm not saying he is. <laughs> so why do you want to remember? Uh, but he's definitely close to one of the biggest issues here. Play calling has been uninspiring and really lazy. How about a screen pass or two, maybe an RPO or two, something to get Detroit off balance, especially when you haven't used it all season. You have the ball at their 50 with two timeouts left. How about making the game a little easier for Carson and our third or fourth string receivers? The run was abandoned. You get the point where he's going with Yeah, I, I, I actually thought Doug called a relatively good game in the first half. Uh, they have run RPOs this season. They had two against Atlanta that I specifically remember. Um, but yeah, the screen game, we brought that up earlier. I just don't understand. That was such a huge part of this offense. It's just kind of fallen by the wayside, which is really interesting to me. Yeah. Texas birds with a Z instead of an S on both words. Uh, bruh, it's a problem when you have a whole highlight reel of drops. <laughs> He's not wrong. I concur. <laughs> I, I, I don't know really what you say that. Virginia Edmond says the turnover margin is three to one. And I don't know if we can win with these players. <laughs> people are people are just so mad right now. Um, I don't blame them. I mean, this was right after the game, to be fair, too. Uh, Ashtar Sharan says, a lot of blame to go around, including the referees. You got a few people who are mad that we didn't blame the referees more. Doug <laughs> Peterson openly said the OPIs yeah. were... Although at least were, one of them wasn't, it looked like. One of them... Or was, it's questionable, One least. of them was a ticky-tack. Yeah, it was the, ticky the, the, Matt Collins. The right? Matt Collins one. But the Darren Sproles one was absolutely a push-off. Uh... Yeah, you you could say that there were some questionable calls in there, I guess. But I think once you when you get to the point where you're blaming referees and you've had seven drops and two fumbles in 
the span of two drives and all that other stuff. I mean, like, it's just, it's one of those things where um, it kind of gets flushed out. Look, every game the referees have bad games. <laughs> like, it's just commonplace. But, you know, there are times, there were some bad calls against the Lions, too. So I think to blame the referees and get so emotionally distraught over their calls, I don't know, man. I'm not trying to call you out. I just, I, I, <laughs> no, I, I, just... I, I totally agree. Um, Sean Sines says, Wentz is playing like a top 10 to 12 QB this year. Good, but not good enough to elevate his team. I'm not placing this loss on him, though. I think that was basically what we were saying. Yeah, I mean, I think you got a good performance out of him. I didn't think it was a great performance. UNO Velasquez says, If we had Jalen Mills and Cravon, we are 3-0. Uh, yeah, I, get, I mean, Maybe. both of them are good in the red zone. So I, I don't know. I still don't know what Cravon's role was going to be at the start of the season. He was going to be his gunner. Um, yeah, I mean, on, I meant on defense, a, yeah. And, well, he would have been a rover probably as a corner. All right, this guy's Cube Squared says, there's a lot of misspellings here. <laughs> um, uh, one, Chris Long. Two, Jordan Matthews. Three, JGI equals free agents that know the system. Why aren't these so-called analysts speaking it out? A couch needs to be fired, and people need to stop, stop the Jim Swartz talk. I'm going with Doug. He's a pushover. So he wants them to sign those three guys and fire Doug Peterson, basically. I'm trying to think about how you fire a couch. <laughs> I know. It must be an uncomfortable couch, man. It, I don't know, man. <laughs> there was one time I threw a couch off a, um, a second-story building, but yeah, that's all I got. Sorry, I don't, I don't know. Eagles fan quit Eagles Nation says, we going to win MFs sleeping. <laughs> sleeping on the oh, Eagles. Okay. <laughs> Goku, go, Goku, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, this is a children's program. We can't talk about that. Uh, Goku LeBron says, fire our strength and condition, conditioning coach now. A lot of firings happening. For- <laughs> Ooh, calling for heads after three weeks. I can D- only imagine. D- dirty myself. burger. Oh, shut up. Eagles will be fine, and I'm a Raiders fan. We're done before the season even started. We have Raiders listeners now. That's good. <laughs> Ron Jaworski bringing people together. PF Sif Wentz made more tackles than Darby and Fletcher Cox. Um, let's see here. Always like a good staff. <laughs> Ibrahim Abdel Karim says Jordan Howard needs 15 plus carries. That man is a bulldozer. I got nothing. We've already talked about this. <laughs> Jeff Spahar says Philadelphia. LOL. He could be talking a lot of things there. Maybe the talking about the guy who made the Nelson Aguilar reference after saving babies out of a burning building. Hero. I don't know. Hero. Um, let's see here. <laughs> this is what I've been saying. Ray Gun Sports, LOL, we Philly fans really changed our tune on Jordan Howard pretty quickly. That's so true. <laughs> like, this whole offseason, like, people were like, he's not that good. Um, let's see here. Whoa. Marcus Beeman says, Green Bay 48, Philadelphia 7. That would be disastrous. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd, be, that'd, be, that'd be Saints level bad. Somebody's probably getting fired up. Yeah, if, if it's that bad. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Any, any other ones? This guy, and, and this guy said that we he's unsubscribed because we didn't critique the officials enough. So <laughs> Thanks for listening to that episode. At least. <laughs> <laughs> I always feel like when you comment that you're unsubscribing, you probably listen to one podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's episode. true. Um, but then again, hey, we'll looking forward to the comments this week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so Thursday night, Friday morning, uh, comment on our pod. We'll do one after the game. Uh, we'll sound groggy and tired, I'm sure, but we're not going to complain about it. Okay, guys? All right, thanks for listening. Uh, write, write us reviews, leave us the comments, and uh, we'll talk to you Thursday night.